Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Cloudwater from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. A gospel reading from the third chapter of Matthew. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in the way to fulfill his Fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented, and when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and a light on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved with whom I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. You You may be seated. Grace and peace to you, my siblings in faith. On Monday night, I was driving to pick up Evie from dance, and I decided to flip the game on, on the radio. And the very first play that I heard when I turned on the radio was the Bengals completing a pass to T. Higgins, who was tackled in the middle of the field. And as they were announcing it, they said the defender stood up, and then he just fell over. That was all that they really knew at the time. And so while they tended to the injury, I was kind of surprised at how long these kind of delays took, but it kept going and going. They took a few commercial breaks. After the break, the the announcers, Kevin Harlan and Kurt Warner, explained that there was an ambulance on the field, and they weren't sure what to make of the scene playing out, but they saw the players were at some point probably going to get ready to go back on the field. When I got home, I obviously turned off the radio to head inside, planning to check in again after the kids had fallen asleep. And so I was in the basement, and Taryn was in the upstairs, and she called me. She said, did you hear what happened? I said, yeah, I heard, I heard about this player who got hurt. And she said, no. Like, they suspended the game, eventually calling it off entirely. Something was really, really wrong. So I turned on the TV and just watched. I saw the shocked and emotional faces of Buffalo and Cincinnati players. Everyone just started praying. Even Bengals fans who came to the stadium with signs encouraging their team, flipped it over by pivoting and scrawled scrawled out a note saying, pray for Buffalo, number three, Hamlin. Nobody knew exactly what was happening, but judging by the reaction of the players, it certainly wasn't good. And eventually, we learned that DeMar had suffered a heart attack and was in critical condition at the local hospital in Cincinnati. He needed CPR on the field right in front of his teammates. He had to be brought back to life, twice. His survival was very much in doubt. And so this 
lingering doubt and wondering of what was going to happen to him lasted for a few days. The next morning, analysts who usually talked about the weekend games and projected what they thought was going to happen the following weekend didn't have much to say about that. One of the analysts, Dan Orlovsky, and his faith compelled him to do something, something a little bit out of the ordinary. He did this. I've heard the Buffalo Bills organization say that we believe in prayer. And maybe this is not the right thing to do, but I want to, it's just on my heart that I want to pray for it is. DeMar Hamlin right, right, right now. Um, I'm going to do it out loud. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head, and I'm just going to pray for him. Um, God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard, uh, because we believe that you're God, and coming to you and praying to you um, has impact. We're, we're sad. We're angry. Um, and we want answers, but some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray. Truly come to you. And pray for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar, for comfort for Damar. To be with his family, to give them peace. If we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. Um, I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We lift up Damar Hamlin's name in your name. Amen. 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 I want to let that moment sink in. Notice how his hosts agreed with him. They prayed with him. Sometimes as Christians, we get a little too sensitive about other people being offended by prayer that we get offended about thinking others are offended. That was not the case this week. Orlovsky did just what he needed to do. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't scripted. It was from the heart. He didn't pray to offend anyone. He didn't pray saying, y'all better pray with me. He didn't make anyone else feel excluded. He just prayed from the bottom of his heart. His words of prayer weren't that much different than my words of prayer as I went to bed that night. They weren't that much different than the prayers that I've been praying this week, thinking about Damar and his family and his teammates. And that clip that... He prayed, he then shared on his Twitter feed. But he also wrote Matthew 18, verse 20. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. He acknowledged that God was there. God was among them and he spoke what everyone was feeling. He shared what was in his heart, in his heart and he prayed earnestly and with sincerity for a fellow human being. I don't know what kind of church he goes to. I don't know what his theology is. To be honest, it doesn't matter. As a brother in Christ, he modeled his faith in a way that showed the rest of the world that we can trust in God. And in many ways, he's exhibiting, when we talk about our baptismal promises, exactly what we should be doing. You know, DeMar Hamlin suffered a fatal accident on the field, and nobody knew whether he was going to live or die. Instead of being hopeless, Orlovsky offered a word of hope a word of prayer, and it modeled a conversation with God. And so we waited. When the news finally broke on Thursday that Hamlin was still in critical condition, but he could actually communicate, his first nonverbal message was, did we win? The one question that all of us 
were not really asking. That whole time was what Damar woke up asking. And his doctors said, yes, Damar, you won. You won the game of life. By Friday, his breathing tube was pulled and his te- all of his teammates were gathered for a meeting back in Buffalo and they pulled up the screen in their meeting room. And on the Zoom, Damar's face was there and he started making some gestures, including the classic heart symbol that we see a lot of 20-year-olds doing these days. And barely audible, he said to his teammates, love you, boys. The room lost it. He's going to live. Their brother had miraculously survived. You know, I've been thinking about Damar a lot this week, as I'm sure most of us have. It's not a sports story. What we witnessed on Monday has been a lot of Holy Spirit moments happening all over the place. It's a story about belonging. It's a story about love. You know, it's a story about ordinary heroes like their head trainer, Denny Kellington, who literally saved his life by doing CPR as fast as possible, preserving his life and also his ability for his brain to function. I think what struck me the most is that grown men known for playing a brutal sport were reduced to tears and hugging each other as they watched DeMar get loaded up into an ambulance, not knowing if he'd ever come back. And the magnitude of that moment and the weight of that and seeing the humanity in each other was something truly powerful. We saw empathy. We saw people put aside their differences. We saw that the game didn't matter. Fantasy football, gambling, playoff standings. None of the things that would typically drive the decisions that would happen in that immediate aftermath. They all became secondary. DeMar's life was what really mattered. And it gave me a lot of hope. This is society at its best. It's an example of humanity caring for each other. This is how Christ intends us to love our neighbor to care for a stranger that we never met, to be moved by the precious nature of life. As Jesus Christ was beginning his public ministry along the Jordan River, where John is baptizing, John is doing this as an act of repentance, yet Jesus comes to him and asks to be baptized, and John immediately is like, no, I should be baptized by you. I'm not worthy But for Jesus, this baptism is more than just water and repentance. It's about belonging. The Son of God who comes to earth is part of our collective community. He walks alongside of us. His baptism is about fulfilling righteousness. Yes, it's the right thing to do, but it's also about being together with fellow believers and taking part in this very important ritual. I think the light bulb goes off and John realizes, yes, This is something that I need to be able to do. And the heavens open up. The grandness of God is at play. And that's what baptism is really all about. A promise that we belong to something much bigger. That God is present and that we, we, all of us, are witnesses to that action. But we are not passive witnesses. That video 
showed all of the baptisms from the past year. We had 27 baptisms, 27 newly baptized members in our congregation in the last year. Now, that's a lot of responsibility. Of course, we think of all of the baptismal sponsor promises and the parents and sponsors who will agree to to do all of this, but we, each and every single one of us, has a very, very, very important responsibility too. We make the promise every time someone comes forward for baptism that we have a response. People of God, do you promise to support and nurt, uh, promise to support the name of the baptized child and pray for them in their new life in Christ? There are two verbs that we agree to by saying we do. We promise to support and we promise to pray. 27 more people that now belong to the body of Christ 27 more names of members that we are asked to support. And if we're going to support those 27, I mean, we might as well just keep our eyes and our ears open for other people in need of support. Other neighbors in the community, whether they're baptized or not. Because before you know it, all of this belonging that we're doing and all of the witness that we have of God's grandeur, it's going to just start taking over our lives and we can't help but support and pray for others. Which is what we do. Like our neighbors in St. Paul, who we support by providing hundreds of blankets and winter weather supplies. This ask took less than a month to get all of those supplies that they received yesterday. Or the way that we're creatively supporting creation with shopping bags to reduce plastics. This creation group has been dedicated to ways to be able to help support and care for creation as a congregation. And of course, there's prayer. Through our prayer lab minutes, prayer lab on the road, through the prayers of the people that we do each Sunday, through the regular prayer chain emails as we take in information about someone who is in pain or in suffering, and we pray for them, knowing that our prayer matters, that our personal conversations and our personal relationship with God doesn't matter. You, you bet it does. Did our prayers heal Damar Hamlin? That's a God question. But what did I see prayer do? Prayer healed all of us in our grief and in our mourning this past week. Prayer is what surrounded us, which lifted us up together as brothers and sisters in Christ. And so when there was a complete stranger in need, we didn't ask questions. We just prayed. Last night, Damar Hamlin finally got his hands on a cell phone. His first tweet. The love is felt and extremely real, no matter race or religion. Everybody coming together in prayer. Where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. God is here, folks, among us. Isn't it remarkable to belong to something this big? Yet to also know that Christ loves each and every single one of us and calls us by name and says, you are my beloved. With you, I'm well pleased.
We hope these words will strengthen you as you live out your daily life. If you would like to know more about Faith Lutheran, leave a prayer request, or financially support our mission and ministry, please go to our website at faithfl.org. May God bless you in the days ahead.